Hello and welcome to the Without a Paddle podcast, the show where we watch trash TV so you don't have to. I'm Michael Francis. And I'm Alex McCall. And yes, we're back. I mean, to the viewers, we haven't been away at all. It's been, this is the next week after the last one. Yeah, but it's been a long week. Like, the, I was sat at home not watching Dawson's Creek, not thinking about the life of Pacey and Dawson. And now the whole series two has started and it's just brought it all crashing back. Whereas in the last week, I've written a novel, gone on holiday several times, crossed several countries, got locked out of my own flat, got locked out of other people's flats. What we're saying is that, although you might be listening to the new weekly thing, we record ahead of time. It's been a while. It's been this is the first time this year. Alex had to act out the whole of episode 13 for me because I couldn't remember a thing about it. The only reason I remembered it was because I was editing it. So, yeah, that was fun. It's been more fun for me than it's been for Alex. It's, that's not hard. But how are you feeling coming back to season two? Are you excited to see where all these stories are going? So it turns out that the large amount of thinking I did over the new year was able to block out a decent amount of what was happening. Sadly, editing brought it all back, so no, I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, for me, I can't remember any of the storylines that are connecting to season two. So as far as I'm aware, this is a clean statement. We may as well be watching season one again. Well, the only little storyline is Jen's grandfather died, and Dawson and Joey are now a thing because they were kissing. Yeah, I figured that would be like like end of season six. Dawson and Joey together. Who knew? But they went for that quick. Like beginning of season two. Yeah, I guess they could be doing Russ and Rachel thing, but I'm really not interested in that. It's hard to say that they got to it quickly, considering how many times it was thrown in Dawson's face and he refused to acknowledge it. Well, yeah, but I kind of assumed the character of Dawson was just going to keep ignoring it because he's a heartless prick. But at this point, he doesn't really have anything else going for them. No, I guess not. I just, mean, he's just got two girls loving him. It's a tough time to be Dawson. Look, this wasn't a good episode. I mean, compared to some of Dawson's Creek, it was still a bad episode. But it does kind of give me hope for the rest of the season. So let's get started. Now, usually this portion is Michael leading out the synopsis on the little leaflet that came in the DVD case. However, season two didn't have a little leaflet in the DVD case. So instead, we've written our own thing. Take it away, Michael. Today on Dawson's Creek, Jen goes insane. Dawson acquires a speedboat and Pacey commits a felony. Cool. All this and more <laughs> on today's episode of Without a Paddle. As always, we start in Dawson's bedroom. In all fairness, this time we're starting basically where we left off. I mean, we left off in Dawson's bedroom with him and Joey kissing, and we came back to the exact same kiss. Although for some reason, it looked like several hours had passed. Yeah, it looked like they've been kissing for 12 hours. So I can't remember exactly what time it was because it's been a good couple of months since I saw the last episode. But I'm pretty sure it was like the middle of the day and it wasn't nighttime. Because if so, that means that Dawson spent the entire day looking for Joey 
and only at sunset did he manage to find her in his, in his closet. So either she mucked around somewhere, got very bored, and came back to hide in his closet, or she's been in that closet all day. I'm not sure which is more worrying. The fact that she felt she had to hide in her wardrobe all day, or the fact that she's got away from it and then still felt the need to come back. I mean, it's... neither are the good. No. Okay, so they're kissing. Yay. At least they're not watching bad television. No, but they are debating about their kiss like it's bad television. Yes. Oh, good grief, yes. So, the kiss breaks up. They look into each other's eyes. Wow. They both mutter, amazed that touching another human being could... Look, I don't kiss many people. Michael, do you want to be more poetic about it? No. Okay, cool. Amazed that a kiss could be a kiss. Yeah, like, I know for a fact Joey, um, yeah, Joey's kissed someone else. Joey's kissed someone else. And Dawson's made out with Chen. It was a big thing. Yeah, so it's not their first kiss. It's not like... Dawson's first kiss ever, yeah. but his first kiss with Jen happened in a Greek garden, hiding in cobwebs underneath a, um... Uh, it's a wedding... Padoga? Uh, I'm gonna trust you that that's the word. Under some sort of building. Yeah, while he secretly tried to film it. Uh, while he was actively, accidentally filming a sex tape featuring his best friend Pacey and his English teacher. Ah, memories. So of all the first kisses in the world, this is not the most dramatic one. I really hope Grandma was looking at her bedroom window at that point. Because she's made a huge point of Dawson being unchristian and Jerry constantly sneaking into the bedroom. Now you can see the silhouette of the two kissing by the window. Yes. It's really weird. Anyway, so in the discussion, Dawson, being Dawson, manages to muck stuff up and hurt Joey's feelings. And she's walking towards the window, and it's as if, oh no, is that going to be the only kiss? Is she going to go to France? And he says something I can't even remember what, and somehow he says, again. do you want to wake up tomorrow and it will be a dream? And she goes, I'll oh, find Dawson, it was a dream. And she goes to walk out, and then he catches her and kisses her again. For some reason. Apparently this works. So, but the main point is they're together now. They're kissing each yeah. other. I do want to stress, they do not stay in the same bed tonight. They do go home, well, Joey goes home to her own bed. Whereas in previous episodes, they've just slept together in the same bed. This might sound a weird question, yeah. but was Dawson sleeping topless? I don't know. Okay. I didn't notice. But I assume it's hot in that paradise island in the middle of Boston where they live. It's not in the middle of Boston. It's beside Boston. <laughs> we have found out a little bit more information on the location of Capeside. Turns out all we had to do was read the back of season two's box. Yeah. This is cunning detective work. That was a waste of half an hour I spent trying to research where this island was. It's not an island. It's by the sea. I don't. Like, Jerry goes sailing onto a Another island. It's very weird. They, no, she goes sailing down the river and then along the shore. Anyway, <laughs> this is still the first scene. Yes. So, yes, everyone wakes up the next morning all happy and smiley. And, of course, the first thing they need to do is discuss the kiss. With everyone. Yeah, Jerry goes to her sister, Betsy. I did my research. And Pacey and Dawson discuss the kiss also. Now, locations of these discussions are kind of interesting. Because Joey and his sister, Betsy, yeah. 
are driving to the restaurant, I think, and the car kind of breaks down and they're doing some light maintenance on it. However, Dawson and Pacey are getting their hair cut. And... Not just cut, they're getting it washed. They're in a female salon with like wraps around their heads and there's girls in the background getting their hair done. It's really weird. In all fairness, like the whole swapping of the supposed gender roles is okay. Like, obviously, it's a nice thing to attempt, but it's a little on the nose. Yeah, it just seems really forced out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when you someone was doing Dawson's hair, you don't keep it that silky smooth by yourself. But, Speak for yourself. <laughs> but it's really weird that Pacey, who up to this point has been a relatively manly man, like he does sports, he drives cars, he, well, his whole family are police officers. It's weird that he goes to a salon with Dawson and gossips. Also weird is the subject of conversation because they immediately leap from discussing the first kiss to talking about if he's going to sleep with her. In Pacey's defence, the last girl that he was with was a teacher who he kissed one day and then I believe was sleeping with maybe two days later. Yeah, this whole time thing is still weird in Dawson's Creek, which we'll get onto later. But both assure the other one that no, they're not going to be sleeping with them. And then we head to school. Now, sadly, as usual, Pacey lives in his own little world and doesn't really interact with everyone else. Other than getting his hair washed. Other than getting his hair washed. So we will be back with Pacey later, but his is the best storyline, so we're saving it for last. Instead, let's go see what is happening at school. So we cut to the school and Jerry and Dawson are sitting in front of the school lockers because they're still school age. They look even older. Jerry discusses her plans in terms of spending a semester in France and reveals that she is no longer going to go. She is going to stay in Dawson's Creek and see what happens there. Yes. This, of course, fills Dawson with joy and he instantly wants to kiss her in the holes. However, yes. it's Jerry sets the rules and says, like, we are going to do this properly. We're not going to rush into this. We're just going to see how it goes. Did they? I kind of missed that bit. Yeah, he tries to like make out of her in the hallway, and Jerry pushes him away a little bit. Okay, that's fair. Meanwhile, Jen has come into the school and walks up looking very depressed to Dawson and Jerry. And informs them that her grandfather died the night before. So, let's have a discussion about time. <laughs> now, again, this could just be because we haven't seen the last episode in a while. However, our memories of what happened were... That the grandfather died, Jen then went and spent the night with Dawson, and then, you know, yeah. this would be the day after that, because he then spent the following night making out with Joey. So, either a lot happened in a day, or she spent, like, an hour with Dawson, yeah. and then Joey turned up, or time I've... makes no sense. The way I see it is that when she went to Dawson, she never said, my grandpa's died. Yeah. She said, I'm a little bit upset. I just want you, what you and Jerry have. Can I sleep in here? Uh-huh. She then went home to deal with her grandma, because obviously her grandma was still upset, and then went to the school looking for more attention and said that grandpa died last night instead of a couple of nights ago. Okay. It's still not a good excuse, but I think she's just looking for attention. I think my grandpa died. It's Pretty, you know, I don't think 
specifying how recent it was isn't really going to make that much of a difference. Oh yeah, especially considering the fact that she turned up in this town because her grandpa was in a coma. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. I think Dawson knows that that's not the case, but I'm not sure what anyone else knows. Yeah, well, Joey knows that she's not a virgin. I think that's about it. Yeah. So yes, um, Jen's very upset and she walks off into the school grounds. Dawson then follows her and then it's just not seen again because she says that she's just going to go home going to take a day. Joey says to Dawson, you should go after her. But the next time we see Jen, it's like the end of the school day. She's got home. She's like kind of just sitting around and that's about it. Actually, come to think of it. So while they were talking about, you know, boundaries and stuff like that, Dawson asked Joey on a date and said that this Saturday they're tearing down the the cinema. Yeah, which has played a part in the first series. That like it's been a quite a major plot, pick lot plot piece. No, no, back up, back up. It it had to have been they're tearing down the cinema tonight, right? Because that has to be tonight. It can't be Saturday. So either that's something else that's just weird times going on. What is this? Unless. It's a weird thing to have the last night on, like, a Tuesday. Well, it would have been a Friday, surely. It might have been the Friday night. In the end, it's not really that important. No, it's kind of important, which, for reasons I'll explain later, but... Yeah? Okay, we'll get back to this. So, Jen goes home, still really upset, and she notices that her grandma is packing up some of her grandpa's things. The Grand is planning to give away most of his clothes to a church charity because, as she explains, she needs them far more than her grandpa does right now. Jen points out that Grandad hasn't even been buried yet and she thinks it's really heartless. This sets up a huge argument that goes on throughout the episode. Yeah, basically, Jen thinks that her grandmother is getting over her grandfather's death a little too easily. The grandma is kind of ignoring Jen because of the what do you say about that? According to the grandmother, she sat by her husband for two years while he was in a coma, and really, at this point, death is a blessing. Which, considering this is what Jen got detention for in the Breakfast Bunch episode... You think she'd be more forgiving? Or... More accepting? More accepting, that's the way I was looking for. Like, she was actively... Promoting. Well, not promoting, but... Arguing for euthanasia. Yeah. Uh, and this isn't euthanasia, like, he naturally died. Obviously, she's still going to be upset that her grandpa died, and it's slightly odd that a grand is already moving stuff out. However, I feel that the grand has been there for a couple of years. This isn't a surprise. It's not like he walked out one day, fell down, and died. He has been dying in that bed, and she's accepted it. Yeah. And now she's just trying to clear out the house. Not to get rid of memories, but just it's the next logical thing yeah. to do. You can't really tell people how to grieve. The granny at least is being productive. Yeah. You can say that. Speaking of being productive, we're going to take a break from Dawson and Jerry's fascinating storyline and move on to Dawson's parents. Because ah. that has got really weird really fast. So we're just going to say the entire storyline because there was, what, three scenes? Yep. So we start off in the morning. Everyone's waking up. The mum and the dad are waking up in bed, and the mum 
kind of just wants to jump his bones. Yeah, which isn't unusual for these characters. Like, almost every time we see them together, they're jumping each other's bones. But whether that's on a table in front of Dawson's video camera. However, <laughs> Dawson's dad is still really angry and upset and tells her that he had the meeting to go to. He doesn't have time. He's just going to shower and go to his meeting. Would this be the first time they'd slept together since the breakup? I mean, it's not been said. I don't know how long it's been since that blackout happened. It all comes back to time. Yeah. We have no way of knowing. I mean, everything is set in the eternal autumn of Dawson's Creek. Yeah, it all looks exactly the same. But I think it's been a while because Pacey has been really productive since that episode in that he's got rid of the teacher. He's been seeing, well, not seeing other people. He entered the beauty pageant once. Yeah, I mean, if we look at everything that's happened since the blackout, Joey's got a younger sibling now. No, a niece. Joey's niece was born. Yeah. uh, And appeared to be, uh, you know, at least a couple of weeks old at this point. The Tamara has been chucked aside. Dawson's relationship has ended. Jen has dated Cliff and then dumped him. So a a lot has happened, which leads us to think that it's been a while. Yeah. And the Boston Film Festival has <laughs> still not been mentioned. I'm sure it won't. Uh, um, so, it might be fair to say this would be the first time. They're suddenly acting like it's the first time. Well, are they? Because that's not how I would try and have my first time again with my husband. She was acting like she was trying to seduce him. And he was... Not letting it happen. Look, I am not in any way the person to say how matters of these Mm. sorts should be done. However, it seems to me that if you had had a fight of that magnitude and had confessed to an affair, you would probably, A, want to make him make the first move Mm. so he would be comfortable, and B, you'd Probably want to do it at the evening and not surprise him first thing in the morning. Yeah, but she seems to be forcing this on him, whereas he's not happy about it. Yeah, the sexy talk was also a little uncomfortable. So we move on to later in the day, and it's revealed that the meeting was not, in fact, anything to do with his underwater cafe. That's not true. It's later in the day, and she has come back from her work. She's late. She tells him, I was late. The meeting ran on. The traffic was terrible. Like, I'm sorry, you can trust me. I wasn't having an affair again, which honestly just seemed very blunt. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, he just says, yeah, I know. I heard about the traffic jam on the radio. I trust you. I'm going to my meeting now. This is a separate meeting. Yeah, yeah, he's going to his own meeting. Yeah, no, this is the second meeting. It's not the meeting that was alluded to earlier for some reason. Oh, okay. I thought it was the same meeting. No, that's why she was surprised he was leaving. Oh, okay. She is really gullible. She's odd. Like, she seems very hard. Like, she's not subtle in any way. She keeps pushing the fact that she had an affair in his face by saying, Oh, I'm sorry I'm late. You didn't have to worry. I wasn't with someone else again. Oh, I just really hope that you don't keep thinking about that. I mean, from a writing standpoint, was that just to remind everyone that she'd had an affair? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm guessing that's the only reason. But they're still sleeping in the same bed. He was fairly undressed sleeping next to her. 
Right, his shirt off, and she was in lingerie. Yeah, so it's not like they're distant with each other. Like I thought, one of them would be sleeping on the sofa, preferably her. She did the cheating. Yep. But um, they no. could have a guest bedroom. They could, yeah, that house is huge. And enough people stay over at Dawson's. <laughs> yeah. That ladder wasn't used this week, I don't think. Joy climbed down it. Oh, okay. So maybe that ladder's still there. But yeah, it's it's really weird. Yeah. And of course, we move on to the second meeting of the day, and it's clunkily revealed that Dawson's dad is meeting with divorce lawyers. I don't think clunkily. I, I, it was okay. We could see it coming, but it was competent enough. He goes into the office. The camera pulls out on the receptionist who answers the phone and says, no, I'm sorry, we've we focused on divorce and hangs up. Yeah, but it was either that or panning out to see a sign that says, do we cheat him and how divorce lawyers. Or, you know, we just don't say it's divorce. Just let the viewers think for themselves for a minute. Possibly. Anyway, third scene. He is sitting on a couch at home reading. She stalks in, wearing... Um, Something. Like... She was wearing a shirt that was too big for her, and one of the sleeves was deliberately half on. So she looked very half less, but it was a deliberate look, and it just looked kind of sloppy and weird. Yeah, and considering what she was coming in to talk about, it's not like she was trying to seduce them again. She was really unhappy that he was seeing divorce lawyers. Yeah, and he explained to her in these clear words that he could use, I don't like being married to someone I love and hate in equal measure. And I love that line. It's a good line. Honestly, I am completely on his side here. Like, it would probably be good that he'd mentioned it, but that might have put things on the wrong footing. He just wants to know what his options were, and that's why he went. She acted really antagonistically towards that. Yeah, it's not like he went in and got, got her served the papers. Yeah, yeah. He just wanted to talk to someone and figure out what was going on. So she told him, either go back and we'll get a divorce, or focus on me entirely, which in all fairness, up to now, it appears that he has been. Yeah, like, he's not the same person that he was, and of course he can't be. He's been betrayed. Well, we saw him in past episodes, like, trying very hard and, you know, taking scuba diving lessons that he doesn't really want to take, but he's willing to do it for her. He has been putting a lot in, and honestly, you know, if he has to go and talk to a lawyer to kind of settle his mind, then he has to go and talk to a lawyer. I don't know exactly how divorce works, but she makes more money than he does. Well, we don't know what he does. Okay, I'm going to assume that she makes more money than he does. Does that not mean that she gives him checks rather than the other way around? It depends on a lot of factors. Like, if he has been working, then I... I don't know. America has a lot of different divorce laws depending on what state you're in. I think the reason for divorce doesn't come into account. It might. Like, there's divisions of assets, so it depends on who's put more money in, but then there's also whether either of them have held each other back. I doubt that he'd be paying her money. Yeah. So, like, alimony is mostly if, say, you have the standard nuclear family, husband, wife, and two kids, the mum stayed at home to look after the kids, yeah. dad went out. Yeah. Then it turns out that he's been sleeping with his secretary or something, they get a divorce, Alimony is to ensure that the mum is looked after because it's been assumed that in this team she has sacrificed such much things. So she's not working anymore because she's been being a stay-at-home mum. So that has held her back in the job market. 
and experience-wise, that she would find it harder. So he would then give her a certain amount of money to represent the sacrifice that she had to make and the prospects of such. There's also child support and other things that I'm not a lawyer and I've never been divorced. Okay. I'm a willing... That's not what's happening in this situation with her sleeping with the other newscaster and the husband stays at home with Dawson. Well, we don't know what the husband does because he has a meeting and he plans cafes. So, honestly, we have no idea what the husband does. He could be a CIA assassin for all we know. Yeah. But Bob would probably not be still alive. So this story doesn't really have any ending this yeah. episode. Maybe it will be brought up again later on. But for now, that's where we're going to have to leave it. Yep. So that was them. Now, after that happy interlude, back to the date. <sighs> so. In perhaps the strangest moment in Dawson's Creek history. Yeah. Dawson turns up to his date on a powerboat. He goes to pick up Joey on a powerboat. Yes. I have multiple questions. One. Is that his speedboat? Two, if not, where did he pay for it? And three, if that is his speedboat again, why the hell has Joey been paddling her way up and down the creek every night? Including the time she paddled her pregnant sister. Well, in all fairness, I don't think the Dawson knew about that and the phones were out so they couldn't contact him about it. But yeah, this is the first time we've seen a powerboat. Where did he park it? At his dock. But I've never seen that. No, dock, he's never so. been at this dock. Because Jerry needs that dock to get in. Docks of two sides? I don't know. It's really weird. So he goes in on his speedboat. He clumsily parks it next to the dock. He walks up. And they he... make eye contact. Yes, right in front of her. He bends down and picks flowers out of her garden. Yeah. Like, as an aside, generally it's okay to just randomly pick wildflowers. But... It comes off a little cheap, so you don't generally want to do it in front of her. And, you know, you should usually have that sort of stuff arranged beforehand, because it shows that you're not just making things up as you're going along, and it implies, you know, forethought. So, Dawson and Jerry go to the cinema to see the last ever screening, which for some reason is a 1930s black and white film. Because, of course, it is. Now, at this point, we should mention, Joy's sister made a big deal out of the second kiss because apparently the first kiss that you have with someone is full of passion full of longing full of strained feelings but the second kiss the second kiss has more thought behind it it means more because it's not just you know you're dragged away in a lolly of endorphins you have to think about whether you want to be kissing this person and it's not just you know you back away you look at them you lean in it's a separate time that you're kissing them so yeah, so throughout this entire night, Joey's been building up this second kiss in her head. Yeah, and she keeps doing the whole kiss me thing, which, if you're clueless, appears to be the girl staring at your lips and moving her head close to you. So it's if a girl's difficult. doing that, huh? It's not difficult. Yeah. Like, it's obvious. Okay, so while they're on their date in the cinema, a really depressed-looking Jen turns up and decides to sit right next to Dawson. Bit of background to this. So, before he went on his date, Dawson went over and had a word with Jen. Now, this was the first time he had been seen with her in the episode since he ran off after her when she disappeared. So, this is why time is once again weird, because is this the next day? In which case, has he somehow managed to avoid her for an entire day despite running after her? And living right next to her. And living right next to her. Or is this the same night, in which case 
is this a Saturday? Do they go to school on Saturdays? Maybe in this fairy tale lad. So basically, it boils down to Dawson saying, "Don't be depressed. Get out of the house. Go have some fun." Yeah. Jen, for some reason, takes this as an invite to crush the date with Dawson and Jory. Right. Jen might have um, been acting a bit crazy here. I don't want to say crazy, but she is acting crazy. Well, considering what she plans to do later on, it's pretty crazy. Joy is obviously not happy about this. She sits down. She has a quick chat about getting out of the house and stuff like that. Oh, you were right to tell me I should get out of the house, Dawson, which, of course, is not probably what Joey wants to hear. And then she suggests that afterwards they go to get ice cream or something. Yeah. And then she has a look around and goes, oh, oh. I can see I'm not wanted here. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm including on a third wheel. I'll go. And Dawson says, no, don't go. And she goes anyway. Uh, at this point, we were screaming at him, no, let her go, let her go, this is the right thing. And he lets her go, and we go, oh, thank you, Dawson. And then he goes, I'm just going to go check on her. And I was like, no, Dawson, why? Why are you an idiot? Why do you... Anyway. Uh, yeah, so he leaves Joey, sitting alone in the cinema, and she follows Jen out. Now, Jen talks about a lot of stuff, but basically it's, I can't stand you with Joey. Do not jump on her. And if you do... I might commit suicide. I've had so much love for you. Like, what am I? Am I just the practice for you to work up to the girl of your dreams? I went from the girl next door to the girl that you're dating to now. Just the third wheel. It's so unfair. I would like to remind people that she had dated Cliff by this point. Had gone on two dates with him, in fact. Both of which involved Dawson. So she's taking the whole Dawson Lily is now off the market thing kind of intensely. And I get that her grandfather's just died and that she's feeling, you know, lost and alone and all that, but kind of, this is worrying behaviour. Like, very worrying. Yeah. But Dawson just ignores it mostly and goes back to Joey. Well, goes back to where Joey was. She's gone. The <laughs> one flower is now sitting there. In her seat. Cinematically. And yet again, Dawson Leary has to go running around the creek looking for Joey. Do you think he has a pattern now? I'm, I'm sure she just... He goes to the restaurant where she works. Uh -huh. He goes to the dock where she sits. He checks the boat's still there. He goes up to his room. He checks the wardrobe. She's not there this time. And then he just wanders around. We can assume. We don't see any of this. That would be entertaining. <laughs> oh, no. He just walks around the corner and she's sat there. So they have a talk and Joey says that she didn't go to Paris. Not because of him. Well, not just because of him, but she felt that it would be taking the easy way out. She has a very sucky life, but she thought it would make her a stronger person if she stayed in Capeside. Now, personally, I disagree with that because, you know, if an opportunity is handed to you, don't throw it away on general principles. But it is still a better reason for not going to Paris than because Dawson has finally decided to kiss her. I will put a caveat on that saying. Uh-huh. If an opportunity is legal and safe, don't throw it away. Anyway, Jory gets that second kiss that she's been dreaming of all night on the swing set. Or the swing set. Yeah, Dawson does this thing where he says, oh, we could make Cape Side be like Paris. So imagine we're walking now along the Seine. That's the only French word I'm going to attempt to pronounce. Yeah, the rest is just the swing set. Yes. 
It's not the Eiffel Tower, but it's all I've got. Yeah. It was a kind of cute moment. Yeah. And then they kissed, and then I think that's the last we saw of them. Yep, that's it. That's that storyline sorted. Now let's go back and sort Jen. So there's a complicated series of movements here. So I think there must be two doors to this cinema, because she swans off, Dawson's follows her, they're outside the cinema, and they're chatting, and they're right by the front door. Dawson comes back to find that Joey is gone. So she must have come out a separate door and avoided them? Or else she hid until he went back in and then she, she went dogs in. out. She went in, chose a different seat, and watched no. the rain of the film. Jen, after Dawson has gone, comes back in and is watching the film when it ends. And her grandmother is also watching the film. And so they have a little talk and Jen's talking about how she doesn't feel that anyone really loves her. And her grand goes, oh no, you're the only one I have left now. You are so precious to me. And it turns out that the reason that she was watching the movie that night, the grandmother, is because that's where she went on her first date with her ex-husband. And she just wanted to be there with him on that night. And it was very, very sweet. Yeah. As someone who goes to the beach to be with relatives that have passed, I found that scene really, really moving. And I think it was a really nice end to that little story. Yeah, it like, was cute. Yeah, it's it's not the grandma and Jen fighting as much. I mean, I'm sure that will come back. But for now, it's exactly what Jen needs. Yep. It's a nice resolution. Yeah. And now, on to the actually good bit of the episode, Pacey. So, Pacey is going for a stage where he wants to change himself entirely. Yeah, we're going all the way back to the hairdressers. After hearing that Dawson has finally made a change and kissed Joey, he decides he will make a change. He can do anything. He could even ask out the head cheerleader. And this is where I truly believe Dawson is a horrible friend. Uh-huh. They are in the salon together, as we originally discussed. They're washing their hair, they're having fun, and Pacey says, maybe I'll get frosted tips. And Dawson doesn't stop him! If your friend is going to get frosted tips, you stop him. You step up, you be a good friend. <laughs> Although, in all defense, it didn't look terrible on Pacey. No, he was it... pulling them off as much as anyone can pull frosted tips off. Well, I mean, they weren't like the awful frosted tips of, say, a boy band member. They were more subtle than that. Like, they yeah. weren't completely white. They were just blonde with a darker yeah. undertone. Honestly, I kind of like that two-layered look. I think it was fine. Yeah. But in general, don't get frosted tips. So Pacey walks out of the salon and walks up to a random police car, which I can only assume is his dad's. Or brother's. Yeah. Anyway, he gets into the police car and he wants to go for a joyride. Well, it's not so much he wants to go for a joyride. He wants to give the head cheerleader, Christina, a lift home. Because she was also in the salon and oh. apparently not listening to them. So she has his eyes on her as she's walking past. He pulls out to call to her. And another car drives straight into his. Yeah. So this girl comes out and she's really apologetic. She thinks she's crashed into a policeman's car. Uh, which she has. But she also thinks that Pacey is a policeman. And Pacey, God bless his soul, <laughs> immediately plays along. It is freaking beautiful. He has mirrored sunglasses from somewhere. <laughs> he puts them on and he keeps interrogating her as if he was an actual policeman. Yeah. It was beautiful. You know, I could take your own license away like that. Like, oh, you only just got your license? Oh, you're from the next town over. 
I see your pants part of the country club down there. Uh, We've been saying for ages that these actors don't look like kids, and this is the proof that I need this. It's kind of unfair to the girl, who seems like quite rattled, but if there's anything I like from a character, it is a quick-thinking rogue, and Pacey lived up to that. It was gorgeous! So, um, later on, I think this is another weird time thing, but I'm going to say later on that day, Pacey's in school bragging to all his friends about how he messed with this girl. Yeah, and then she comes walking past, because of course she does, they're at the same school. Yes, and she, she talks about how she's been worried ever since she crashed into that car and that she's new to the area she didn't know anyone also she said that she's had panic attacks to the point of medication yeah. it's been three hours it's yeah if i had one complaint about the storyline it's that one oh the storyline this storyline yeah. yeah uh but she reveals that she's got um connections to the head cheerleader christine who apparently is very friendly yes and she is able to set up a date for Pacey. yes Oh, no, sorry. She's able to set up a meeting between Pacey and Christine. So she goes to Christine, she talks him up, she heads over to Pacey and says, all yours. And Pacey saunters over and says, hey, Christine, would you like to hang out tonight? And she said, yeah, sure. And that's great. Yeah. Pacey leaves all happy, bouncing up and down. He goes home, he gets ready for his date, he puts on a slightly less flowery shirt. And he His shirts w- are weird, like, think... Shirt kind of shirt you'd go bowling in. Magnum PI shirt. Magnum PI shirt. But, you know, it's the 90s, and honestly, he kind of fits the look with his knee plus his hips. Yeah. So he goes to where I assume they have arranged to meet, and he waits. And waits. And waits. And waits. Until finally, I'm going to say a good two hours later, she turns up. And he's not deterred. He says, come on, we'll go have fun. I think we've missed the film, but we go get food. And she says, no. I'm here with my boyfriend. I just wanted to commend you on how brave you are. Well, right. So when he said, let's go and get food, he never said, let's date. And as far as I'm aware, he didn't know that she had a boyfriend. Apparently they'd been together for five weeks. Mm. It's a five-week anniversary. Yeah. So he wasn't trying to split them up or anything. And so all of this was a shock to him. So, you know, I'm just wanting to say he didn't start hitting on someone who, as far as he knows, was dating someone. No. And she didn't come out and say, by the way, got a boyfriend. We can still hang out, but I want to put that out there. Yeah. She instead just didn't talk to him. And might have reminded you, this is the days before mobile phones. So <laughs> he was waiting there a long time with no way of anyone contacting him. Yeah. So it is revealed that Christine has been told that Pacey is suffering from a heart strip. Stripe. Stripe. Which she explains as a... It's a muscle that's clamped around the heart, and it squeezes, and it, he could lose breathing and die at any second. Mm-hmm. But he's been brave, he's going through it, and Christine just wanted to let him know how much she admired that about him. Yeah, she likened it to her asthma, and how they both have problems, but they're both putting their best foot forwards. And don't want to be treated any differently. And she drives off with her boyfriend. And Pacey is looking very, very confused. Yes, because... Obviously, he realizes that this girl has messed with him. He may have a worthy adversary. He then runs into her later while they're in the grocery store. It was looking like a pharmacy, but... Yeah, it must be groceries because they get hair dye and stuff. Yeah, could be a pharmacy for that. Yeah. So they kind of bounce off each other a bit. Um, Pacey says, you set me up. And she said, well, now we're even some stuff like that. And they keep kind of generally 
bantling back and forth. And eventually she says, look, here's just some good advice. Lose the frosted tips. And he goes, okay, cool. And picks up some peroxide. And she says, don't use that. That'll just completely strip all the color from your hair. Here, use this instead. And he looks at her and says, is this another trick? And she said, well, you'll just have to see and walks off. I highly recommend going back to the salon and doing it properly. Yeah, definitely. But, but so, yeah, and he leaves happy-ish with his box of a hair dye going, presumably, to dye his hair again. So, that is all the storylines. Three this... of them were awful. <laughs> no. First episode of a new season. What did you think? I liked the stuff with Jen's grandma. Mm-hmm. I thought that there was good... It was nice to have an episode where multiple stories are getting pushed again, because mm-hmm. it's been a while. Yeah, no, we've got plot again. I'm actually really happy because it's set up a lot of stuff that can be discussed over the next few episodes. Like, we actually have a driven plot again. We have stories. We've got things that are going on. It's great. Yeah. I'm still nowhere near being a fan of Dawson Leary. Oh, no, he sucks. He seems to be messing up just for the sake of messing up. Yeah. And that story is going to be awful until he gets away from Arthur's showing. And I really like Pacey's storyline. So there's bits that I really like and bits that I really hate. So just Dawson's Creek, I guess. I really... Yeah. If there's one complaint, which is not going to be a surprise because we've been making it all through this episode, could we have, like, a 24-style thing where the time and date keeps flashing up? Because I'm really beginning to get very confused about what happens when here. Yeah, we've had to pause it multiple times to try and figure out when we are. Yeah. Because, like we pointed out, it always looks the same. It's not like we can judge by these changing seasons. It's always sunset. Mm-hmm. And it drives me crazy. And with nothing happening, it's very hard to say, well, this needs X amount of time to happen, so this must have happened between this and this. Like, it's hard judge in any way how much time is passing. I mean, they don't go to school, so it's not as if, hey, you have this assignment, you have to hand this assignment in. The film festival is being ignored, so we don't know time in relation to that. I mean, Dawson's parents' storyline took place in one day. And it was cut between everyone else's storylines. Like, at this point, we're just assuming that every storyline is happening on an independent timeline to everyone else's, because that's the only way that makes sense. Yeah. Other than Pacey mixing with Dawson for a solid five minutes, he's completely alone doing his own thing. Uh-huh. The parents are doing are off in their own world. They don't even connect to Dawson any way this episode. First time we've had a completely separate plot for those two, by the way. Oh, that's Everything else has had some relation to Dawson or, or has been seen through Dawson's eyes. Or Joey. Or Joey. This yeah. is the first time it's been completely them. Well, it's... that's nice. I mean, it depends if you want to count the other scene where they were alone together which was when they were alone in the car and they had yeah but that was still while everyone else was in the house yeah so this is the first one that is entirely separate from everything else Dawson has no idea what's going on here and this is the first time and Jen was vaguely connected to Dawson but honestly that might be the timelines even more no she was connected because she was hitting on him um, had a long lingering hug and started asking why he just thrown her aside and so I went because apparently Dawson's the hunk of this town. Yeah, apparently. But yeah, I hopefully in upcoming episodes it'll be slightly clearer. And I really want Pacey connected to the rest of them. I don't know. If he and Anne just go off by themselves and have their own little rivalry, like... He's supposed to be Dawson's best friend. And he's never with him. Well, no, because Joey's his best friend. 
then what's Pacey? Pacey? Pacey's the one who's there and occasionally sleeps in his room. And breaks in and steals his sex tapes. Well, no, Mr. Dawson gave him the sex tape. He just tried to steal it. Yeah. And, you know, I reckon if you're in your own sex tape, you have a light to it. Yeah, that's completely fair. Okay, so um, do you have a character of the week? Anne. Anne. The new girl, Anne. I just want her... Like, so this is why I like Anne so much, because they're obviously setting up some chemistry between the two of them, and this is exactly what Dawson and Joey should have been. A little bit of banter, a little bit of back and forth, but neither of them insanely in love with the other one, so it glows naturally. I mean, we came into the series with Joey already being head over heels with Dawson, and Dawson being oblivious, but if you had the two of them mutually flirting, like, a bit of back and forth, a little bit of fun, that is exactly what I want to see in my two dating main characters this is Fantastic. I give it two episodes and she's free enough. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't she's giving us some joy in this show. I, I will agree that Anne is the character of the week, but for a difference, I will go for Jen's gran, who was really touching. She was amazing. She helped Jen get through, well, not through a depression, but yeah, she helped, helped. Her feel a little better. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, well, I think that wraps that up for today's podcast. I want to ask one more question. Okay. How long do you think Dawson and Joey are going to be together? Not long. If I know Dawson Leary, and I believe I do at this point, he hasn't had a relationship that lasted more than three episodes. He was... well, no, no, no. He did Jen for from episode two to episode seven. And she really? said in this... She said in this episode that their first date was to the film theater so that was the one where they both got dragged there by pacey so he could hit on miss jacobs that was a date apparently that's what she was saying today they took joey yes that's weird yes and joey kept asking questions about size queens and stuff like that okay well oh okay yes if that counts i'm still giving it i'll give it three episodes three episodes so you think by episode three, they'll be split up. Yeah, but Dawson will have mucked something up horribly, and Jerry will be back to being Jerry that we need. What? Generally depressed? No, I don't want her being back to being depressed. I want her being happy, Jerry running around the town and helping people. See, here's the problem. I want nothing but the best for Joey, but that involves getting out of the show. Because yeah. the best thing that could happen for her was France. So if she could leave and go off somewhere and mature as a character then come back, that would be the best thing for her. But that would mean losing her from the show, which is also annoying. Yeah, so, if she'd gone away for a season, we could have had this Anne girl come in, build her up as a character. Then no, because bring... then she would have been flirting with Dawson as well. Well, no, because Dawson can be doing whatever with Jen. I really don't care about Jen. I, Sorry, I just don't. Force Dawson and Jen in storylines, keep Anne and Pacey together. Mm. And then we get Joey back as a fifth character to sort of mix things up, I guess. Yes. But, no, I don't see that relationship lasting long. How long ago was it that Pacey was confessing his love to Joey? Uh, um, it was episode... Well, it depends on the grand scheme of things, because it was the episode where we couldn't work out what order it came with, episode... Friday the 13th. Yeah. So that I think makes it episode 8. So... Well, it's just at the beginning of this episode, he's talking to Dawson about him and Jory, and he's very happy for Dawson. 9, 10, 
Might be in episode 11. No, 10. I think it was episode 10. Yeah, it's just, it's all really weird. Yep. And on that note, yes, I think it's definitely time to wrap this up. I've been Michael Francis. I've been Alex McCall. And you've been listening to me without a pile of podcasts. See you further down the creek. Sorry. This has been a Tavern Entertainment production. The music was provided by Lena Katonin. The logo was by Rebecca Newman. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Tavernent. And thank you so much for listening.